This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Friday, January 29th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Just a few minutes, I will be joined by Jason Beatty, the publisher of Knights 24-7 for the uh, Central Florida side of the Josh Heupel to Tennessee storyline. I had a feeling that the fan reaction to Heupel's exit might be mixed and that was a confirmed notion. Jason tells me, yeah, you know, they're not they're not throwing a party that he's leaving, but they're not exactly sitting there crying either. And, and they know they're going to be okay, just as they were before Hypel got to Orlando. So we're going to throw to that interview in just a second. Before then, got a few headlines to run through. Not, not too much here of note, but a few things caught my eye. I saw that five-star quarterback Gunnar Stockton of the 2022 recruiting class, former South Carolina commit, decommitted when the staff changed hands. He's going to go to Georgia, at least for now. He's committed to the Bulldogs. He's from Georgia. He's the number two quarterback in the class of 2022. For Georgia, this is their, uh, they, they have a huge signee in 2021 in Brock Vandegrift, also from Georgia. 2022 looks set with Stockton as well. You can almost feel Kirby Smart setting up another really important and uh, really defining quarterback battle down there in Athens. So as as excited as I am to watch JT Daniels in 2021 and see what he does, I also think the quarterback battle that follows Daniels' exit in Georgia is going to be pretty interesting. The day after the SEC released its schedule, the ACC did the same. I don't really have any reaction to the news other than just like the uh, SEC, they're they're back to their normal uh, conference uh, schedule. They're not uh, less games than the uh, 10 that they had played in 2020. And of course, Notre Dame, no longer a full-time member of the ACC. And we're back to the conference's divisions as well. Florida Atlantic hired Mike Stoops, the Alabama defensive analyst, as its defensive coordinator. Mike Stoops was set last week, a week ago last week, to be the new linebackers coach at Texas. That was leaked Thursday night, last Thursday night, or last week on Thursday. And the reaction to Texas, uh, from Texas, is fans and boosters was similar to the Tennessee reaction a few years ago when they tried to hire Greg Schiano. That got shot down. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian had to pivot. Mike Stoops was left, uh, just kind of not having a job anymore. And, and thankfully for him, he lands at FAU, where Willie Taggart will be his boss. And then finally, before we get to my talk with Jason, Tennessee running back transfer Eric Gray was split between Oklahoma and Texas once he entered the transfer portal. He chose Oklahoma. He's the third, I believe, Tennessee player, all three highly touted, to choose the Sooners, joining five-star tackle Wanye Morris of the 2019 class, which Gray was a part of, and 2020 four-star defensive back Key Lawrence. They're All three are in Norman now. Oklahoma was already, to me, a top-five team easily this upcoming season. They were already, to me, a lock to win the Big 12. They were already, to me, going to be a, a playoff caliber team with 
potentially what it takes to win it all with Spencer Rattler and, and a great offensive skill set. I think these transfers, I know for sure Eric Gray's going to help. He was one of the best running backs in the SEC last season. I think Wanya Morris is going to help. His snaps diminished a bit in 2020, but OU coach Bill Bedenbaugh, the offensive line coach there, he might be the best in the business. He's going to do a great job with him. Key Lawrence maybe helps shore them up defensively. They got a great recruiting class coming in. I am buying sooner stock to make a reference to the news of the day on Twitter. All right, that's going to do it for my rundown. We'll take a quick break, real short one, and then we will throw to my chat with Jason Beatty about UCF and where it goes from here. The College Football Daily will be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jason, thanks for joining us. We're just going to start with this. I want to ask you, how do fans at UCF feel about Josh Heupel leaving? Yeah, you know, the reaction with Josh Heupel leaving, I think I think mixed is the best way to put it. You know, any time a head football coach, regardless of how fans feel about him, anytime that coach leaves the program, you know, it's, it's could be viewed as possibly a step back. You know, if you make the wrong hire, it could, it could set your program back. But at the same time, I think some fans realize you know, Josh Heifel, you look at his first season, they only lost one game, and then his second season lost a couple more. And then his past season, UCF went six and four. And, you know, I, I, I do understand that COVID-19 pandemic impacted that greatly. UCF had 10 opt-outs. You know, they were wet with that, without most of their starting secondary against BYU in the bowl game. And, you know, th- this season was unprecedented for everyone involved. But at the same time, I think some fans, I don't think they ever loved Josh Heifel, to be honest with you. So I would definitely say that some fans are happy to see him go. That's crazy. It's but it, but it makes some sense. He's a brilliant offensive mind. Where do you think he fell short um, defensively? W- w- was everything good there? Uh, recruiting? I, I, how do you think he did on on the recruiting trail as well? Yeah, you know, I think I think Josh Heupel. I'll give him full credit. He knows how to recruit a quarterback. Even the quarterbacks he didn't get. You know, I remember one of the first quarterbacks he went after was Brock Purdy. And, and he was on him real early. And obviously, Brock Purdy didn't end up at UCF, but we've all seen what Brock Purdy's done in his college playing career. And uh, he was able to add Dylan Gabriel at UCF. And, and now Mikey Keene, an early enrollee, who's now going to be without Josh Heupel during his tenure at UCF. But Mikey Keene, a really good quarterback at Arizona, top 10 high school football program. So I would say that Josh, you know, no, not only knows how to develop quarterbacks, but go out and find guys across the country and, and, and recruit them. And, and uh, you know, that's one thing. But at the same time, I think where UCF fans might not have been happy with him, especially this recruiting cycle, is he really didn't recruit the state of Florida, uh, especially locally. You know, over the last couple of seasons with Hypo at the helm, you know, you still got to recruit the state of Florida. And obviously, Randy Shannon does a good job of that. But, you know, you look at this cycle, two kids up the road out of Seminole High School, which is 35 minutes away from campus, Jimmy Horn and, and forgetting the quarterback's name, but both of them went to South Florida, UCF's rival. Mm. Tim, Timmy McClain, there's the name. Timmy and Jimmy go out west to South Florida. I think a lot of fans were just questioning, you know, what, what were the uh, intentions of recruiting for UCF and Josh Heupel if you're not going to get guys locally like that, you know, where there's a lot of talent. You know, everyone talks about South Florida and 
of high school football down there is built different. And it absolutely is. And, you know, you look at the defensive guys that Rain Shan's been able to bring in and a lot of those are his guys. And, and really, you know, you look at the 15 or, or, or you know, the number of guys that were signed this in early in December, you know, only a handful of them were from Florida. And I think some UCF fans that really grinded their gears for sure. I'm looking at the recruiting rankings as you say all this, and it's it's hovering, everything in the last four to five cycles is hovering around the 50s and 60s. But I think what's most telling is where those recruiting ranks sit among the, in the American Athletic Conference, uh, it's foes there. So 2017, the number one class in the AAC, 2018, number two, 2019, number two. But then you start to get really into the proof of concept for Josh Heupel in 2020. It's stunning to me. In 2020, UCF had the AAC's number seven ranked recruiting class. In 2021, this current class, it's number four. That doesn't line up with the results on the field. So is it, you, you talked about the state of Florida recruiting. Is, it, is this just a, a case of a coach who loves ball and, and loves you know the quarterbacks and, and, and airing it out, but isn't 24-7 locked into recruiting? I don't want to put words in your mouth. So tell, tell me if I'm wrong, but that's that's to me what I'm seeing a little bit of. I think Josh Heupel is a solid recruiter. Like you said, I talked about the quarterbacks before. And, uh, you know, this recruiting class was really interesting. You know, he, he signed four or five junior college guys, which is, you know, I would say a lot for one recruiting class. Usually you only need, you know, one or two guys. I don't, you know, I don't remember the last time UCF signed four or five Juco guys. Nothing's wrong with that. You know, there's plenty of talent there. But, you know, I will say specifically at the recruiting rankings, you know, I still think this 2021 class is, is talented. You know, you look at the average rating, 24-7 sports composite rating per recruit, it's higher than it was in 2017. 2017 was one of UCF's high, best classes ever. You know, I think regardless of who the head coach is, I think UCF really right now, as it stands in the American, as it is a group of five program, is always going to be in the 50s. You look at Cincinnati, who finished number one in the American or Memphis finished number one. I think it was Cincinnati. You know, they were both just inside the top 50. So regardless of what the program is, I think, you know, if you're in the fifties and sixties, you know, obviously you want to crack that one day, but it's, it's still solid. But yeah, you know, that 2020 class, that, that was a rough class. And um, if you're UCF and you're, you know, going out and winning conference championships and representing the conference in the group of five in New Year's six bowls, you should be able to go out and recruit and, and finish top of the conference in the rankings. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think specifically for 2021, and I wrote about this after early signing day about a month ago, over a month ago now, I think the American as a whole has really done a good job recruiting. You know, UCF finished fourth in the American this season, this, this cycle. They're still 61 in the country, which is, you know, pretty good considering, you know, the American Athletic Conference. And there's three teams right at, you know, I think, they, they fell out of the top 50. I think one of them is 51 and, and SMU might be 50 or, or Memphis is 50. I think the American Conference as a whole, this cycle did a really good job, you know, recruiting. How do UCF fans see themselves right now as it relates to the hierarchy of the American Conference? I know it, it's been a few years since they won it. I know Cincinnati is rising up. I know Memphis is always there. Is there any concern going forward? I would imagine the the head coach opens uh, opening, they're gonna get a really good coach here. There, it, it's a really great job. Uh, someone is gonna get a really great job and, and a chance to build something great. But 
it's also an important hire because these other programs in the American, they're doing pretty well too. And, and Cincinnati right now, it's, it's not going to be forever with Luke Fickle, but I would imagine Knights fans are a little bit, a little bit surprised and, and underwhelmed as it relates to the Josh Heupel tenure about kind of how quickly they lost their, their iron grip on the top of the standings. You know, I, I think I think that's fair to say, and that, that's probably accurate. You know, some UCF fans, but for them, the standard is not necessarily going undefeated. We all saw how how difficult that can be, but contending for a conference championship year in and year out, and and that's something these past two seasons Josh Heupel didn't do for a number of reasons. It's not just because it's just Josh Heupel, but you know, you look at some of these losses. You know, you talk about Josh Heupel's overall record, twenty-eight and eight. Only one of those losses is double digits, and, and most of them are one-score games. And, you know, I still think while Memphis, you know, a couple of seasons ago won a conference title finally, and Cincinnati was able to win it this year, we saw how difficult it is to go undefeated, right? You know, Cincinnati lost in the very end against Georgia. And, and, and still, even though those teams are, are climbing, I still think UCF is standard for the conference. While they haven't won an American Conference Championship in, in two years or so, you still have to go through UCF to win your conference championship. And, and, you know, whenever Cincinnati comes to town or if UCF goes to Cincinnati or, or Memphis or, or whatever, that game's going to be on ABC and a lot of people are going to watch it because they know to win the conference, got to go through UCF. And, and because of what UCF did in 2017 and in 2018, and, you know, since this conference was created, they won the most conference championship. You know, still, I think UCF's the cream of the crop for the conference, no doubt. Interesting. Who's who's atop the wish list as they look to hire a new head coach? Well, as we speak right now, you know, in the past, I swear, in the past hour, many UCF players are tweeting hashtag We Want Levy. And I was working on an article this morning, and that's a reference to Jeff Levy, who, as we know, was the former offensive coordinator and quarterback coach one one time under Josh Heupel. Obviously, went to Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. But, you know, if the players could hire someone tomorrow, it, it seems like it would be Jeff Levy. But, you know, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. If, if that does become the case, obviously UCF has made it clear that uh, Alexander Cartwright, the new president, or the, you know, he's only been the president for about a year now, but he wants to hire an athletic director before hiring a football coach. Scott Carr, the deputy AD, is now the interim AD. And uh, Randy Shannon is the interim head coach. But, you know, I, I don't know if Randy is the long, I don't think he's a long-term option to be honest with you. You know, I think UCF still wants to be that offensive fire powered offense and putting up a lot of points, you know, because the players are still there. Dylan Gabriel is going to be a junior this season. You know, there's still Jalen Robinson. There's still a lot of talent on this football team. So, you know, it's, it's not the same way it was in 2015 when they hired Scott Frost. It's very similar to when they hired Josh Teipel. You know, here's the keys to the Ferrari. Don't crash it. Right. All right. I love it. That's a, that's a tremendous note to end on Jason. It'll be, I I can't wait to see what happens. I love that college football dominoes are still falling in late January and hopefully, hopefully you get a little settlement at or around signing day. So you can take some time off. We appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Thanks to Jason for all his time. I'm excited about next week's rundown for the College Football Daily on Monday. And unless something newsier happens, I will be talking to Steve Wolfong, the 24-7 sports director of recruiting about 
National Signing Day, which believe it or not is Wednesday, February 3rd. We will have a signing day themed week all week long. And if you want even more recruiting intel, I recommend you go subscribe to the 24-7 Sports Recruiting Podcast hosted by Blair Angulo. It has Wilt Fong on all the time. It has Andrew Ivins, Brandon Huffman, Greg Biggins, Brian Doan, Alan True, Gabe Brooks, who was with us this week on the College Football Daily. It is a great podcast, the best recruiting podcast out there. Go subscribe. Make sure you're also subscribed to us. Give both podcasts, as well as The Late Kick with Josh Pate, a five-star review. And if you have a content suggestion, leave it in the reviews section. I did an episode last week entirely on Texas A&M just because somebody asked us to do an episode on Texas A&M. So for Jason, for our producer, Lance Glenn, I'm Trey Scott. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you all on Monday. begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.